Adventures. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And today we're looking at the amazing Francis McDormand starring in Chloe Zhao's Oscar-nominated film, Nomadland. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode, what are we drinking? This episode, what does everybody have? Four Roses bourbon. Small batch select. I know you always remind me. I'm still going to get it wrong the next time I get you some. Um, Katie's on, we're almost at the end of two dry weeks, and I've discovered LaCroix's Key Lime Sparkly Water and it's delicious. LaCroix. If I is was going on a giant road trip, this is what I'd bring with me. Is that why you're in like a bathrobe? Are you like... Maybe I'm going through like, it. I'm having, I'm like, having withdrawal. Withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. I think that should have function. happened days ago, but it could be delayed. <laughs> it could be delayed. I pulled out Big Guns. It's uh, spring break up in the Boston area. Hmm. So I'm having some We're Heavy, a very special edition from the Shoveltown Brewery, which is their Scotch Barrel Aged We Heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's delicious. It's ten percent. So if I sort of tail off and fall out of the van by the end of the episode, <laughs> you'll know. We'll make sure that the door gets I am. closed. I am you. not operating a van during the operation I of this. Uh, don't think episode. you should ever drive one. Yeah, no. no. I've driven a van before. It was not very good. Nope. <laughs> not at all. In fact, I actually drove the Access Hollywood van through New York City when I didn't have a license. That which is a whole other story. Also, to be should at. have been filmed. Yeah, I yes. wish somebody taped that. It was before the days of reality TV. That's a shame. I think I could have been a reality TV. You would have knocked it out of the park, Brian. I think I would have been. It was it came a little too late in the game. Yeah. If any of the real world, the original, have you seen their they're throwing the original cast back into a yeah, house? On yeah, Paramount but it's not. Plus. It's not it's MTV. Like a, it's like, whatever. Yeah, it's, I feel like if any of them are unavailable, they can just throw Brian in there. He's the right demographic. What right people range. don't remember about the first real world is that they were not put together as like they did not think of them when they sculpted the team yeah. like the like the they did down the road. So like literally by like season three, they were picking specific personalities and yeah, stuff. Stereotypes. Whereas like the first were cast doing. were kind of forgettable because they were all sort of like just kind of normal people. Mm. They could except actually for, cohabitate except for with others. Eric Niles, <laughs> yeah. the guy from who was an MV, uh, TV VJ. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that has nothing to do with our episode yeah. tonight. Not at all. But not one thing. A good side discussion. Yeah. Uh, it is time for the rundown. Jim's trying to peek at the rundown ahead of time. I was wondering what he did. I like Not there to cool. be a real-time reaction to my words, my my literary genius. <clears throat> Are you ready for it? Nope. Are you ready now? I am. Okay. First, Fern's husband died. Then, so did the town. Now, she has adopted the life of a nomad. Jim is laughing, and this is not funny, and I don't know how to make it through the words. Now, she has adopted the life of a nomad, traveling from job to job and town to town in her sweet little white van. It's a sad movie. Stop laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. As she sees the wonders of the country, learns the hardships of life on the road, and tends to new and old relationships, Fern has to decide whether to lay down some roots or hit the road again. Love it. That's it. It's right there. That's the story. It's a great, great mm-hmm. explanation of it. Um, 
a continuation of our Oscar series. Mm-hmm. We've never done this many Oscar nominated films in one year before, mm-hmm. probably because they were never all streaming or available as readily thanks to COVID. But we're nonetheless doing this. This is our fourth best picture nomination mm-hmm. um, for the Oscars, which when this comes out, will probably have just aired. Mm-hmm. So um, let me cut this soundbite in two ways here. Wow, we're so thrilled. Nomad, the winner of Os- the best picture <laughs> for Oscar award. So thrilled to be talking about it. Or Nomad Land, can't believe it didn't win. Great movie. We'll still talk about it anyway. We're going we're gonna to have to place our bets. Jim, 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 edit that. You won't edit it. So both will be. <laughs> yeah, in they'll here. both be in they'll there. Both, they'll both be in there. So it won't matter. One way or another. I'm going to edit it to the wrong ones. That, the wrong ones. Future things. <laughs> that is the only time you would That's go edit, funny. probably. All right. So it's time for a grade of the week on a scale from A plus through Chris Monero's The Rookie. How would you grade Nomadland, Jim? Um, I had to go back and look at my grades for mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Toughest grader in the group. Mm-hmm. This was the toughest movie for me to grade, I think. Um, because there's a lot I really like, I love about it, but I do feel like it's missing something for me. And we, we can chat about that, but I'm going with, it falls in at, at a B for me. Oh, okay. wow. Now, see, I am, I'm always anticipating, like, will we, will we keep our, I'm a little bit higher than you. I'm going to, I'm going to go with an A minus on mm-hmm. this one. Uh, feeling similar, like this is really good. Um, there were a few things. Things I was looking for, so it didn't didn't quite hit the A mark for me. A minus. Excellent. I will go with an A. In the A minus A range, mm-hmm. um, back and forth. This is the second time I've seen this movie in a month because I wanted to see it when it came out originally, and then we decided to do it as well. So, yeah. uh, and it did hold up on a second viewing, and some parts of it played better. Some parts of it were maybe slightly less interesting to me. And I did get into a mental debate between this one and one of the other ones we've seen for which one I think should win the Oscar. And we could talk about that later because originally I had thought nomad land was, you know, prior to seeing some of these other ones, the clear best one. And I'm not as hundred percent sure about that. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I don't even put this. I think it's, I don't think this is the best picture. At all. I think it looks like a best picture. It smells like a best picture, but there's no th- there there. Like but it's not a duck. No, like it, I love the performances. So. Well, let me say this before. I think this will win best picture. Okay. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure it's going to be considered the best picture in 10 years. I, I think this is money bar for the course. I think it's pretty par for the course to the movie that actually wins best picture. 10 years down the line is yeah. often questioned if it's the best picture for the To year. me, it's just, uh, in the end, this is a forgettable movie. It looks, it, it, it looks great, but it doesn't look as great as Hell or High Water. Mm. It has great acting, but it doesn't have as great acting as the other movies that are in best picture, in the best picture, because there's literally not enough for these people to do in this movie. Um, cause there's only two, <laughs> there's two actors and they're not like anyone other than Francis McDormand or David Strathan, David Strathan are not going to get nominated. From well, this. they're not actors. They're, they're not actors. Right. 
and they're just not doing enough in this movie to warrant, I think, the performances carrying much. I don't know. There's no, there's, to me, the biggest downfall for this, for this movie for me is that I kept wanting it to either focus on her story or focus on the lifestyle. And it did neither very well. I think the story of Fern is half told and, and not at all interesting by the end. Oh, that so I don't know if I'm, I, I'm not totally there. Uh, the journey you. through the lifestyle didn't, didn't have an arc. So I thought that I wanted more of the story in the the middle bits, right? Like I I wanted to I wanted to know more, and and if I think she, that that's successful just... in that it it leaves your audience curious about about the pieces that weren't covered, the the stuff but, that gets left out. That's fine, but then use her as the vehicle for telling me the story of the lifestyle. Yeah. And I think they left so much of that out. I know, but I but I feel like it falls into that trap of like how much can you cover in the amount of time that you have? I'm not I'm There's so I'm not much of this movie that is you. that is slow panning across Yeah. Vistas. But, uh, but that see, also but feels impactful. Yeah. I like I do I do think that can I just say this? I do think and I was interested in the two of you watching it because I I think I have I don't want to say a blind spot for this like type of movie, but I think it's the most stylized of any of the Oscar movies that we've seen in the sense in this uh, one vein. It's, really? No, in, in, in terms of stylized, I mean, a certain type of style that is very niche almost, which is it's like part of this like Terrence Malick new naturalism thing which if you like Terrence Malick, like the modern Terrence Malick um, uh, pieces with the slow pans and the landscapes and all those things, which she has done, mm-hmm. she's excellent at. And in, in fact, I actually watching her three films that she's done. This is the most mainstream of the three. The other two are very Malick like this one has more story and dialogue than the other ones. So I do think that it's it is difficult to wrap your mind around because you have to buy into those slow pans of landscape and things which do take time away from development of characters in some way. Well, so my my perspective on that not knowing Terrence Malick and and her other pieces or what new naturalism is. Um I was just thinking about how the way like pacing in this movie is interesting. And so when you're talking about the slow pans, you know, there is, there is a, there, there is a slowness to some of the storytelling. And that feels like that aligns with the lifestyle and what her days are like. It does. But then those like jump cuts where all of a sudden you're at a new job, it's very jarring. And so, and I get that that's a choice, but that's where I was left feeling like, ah, like, I, I don't I don't know. Is that supposed to is that supposed to signify that there are pieces of her existence that just feel like they well, cut yeah. rapidly from one to the yeah. next? Because well, none of that lifestyle feels rapid. No, but that's part of it, too. And that's why, like the first time I watched it and I I had wondered, I'm like, how accessible is this going to be? 
to more mainstream audiences. Like last year, I rewatched all of Terrence Malick's films and the jump cuts and the out of order. And a lot of the stuff that she does very much fits in line with that kind of almost avant-garde style, right? The weird jump cuts, like the idea of the, the narration or monologues over the landscape work. Yeah. And that, there is a style to that. And, and I do think that if that's not something you watch, and I even remember watching like Malick films before I really started to like them but, and be like, this doesn't work for me because I feel like I'm missing things, which. But I, you're kind of like, you're kind of proving my point is because you're th- th- focusing on the style that is that and, and just calling it back to someone else to me is like not doing it, doing this story's service. So are most of the people who are going to watch this movie familiar with Terrence Malick's? Yes. Do you think Terrence Malick is the director of this movie? No. Okay. Just making sure. No, no, no. But I thought thought that Terrence Malick was kind of a a niche, independent filmmaker. So I I don't think the mainstream is familiar with his But what I'm saying is that, like, to me, this felt like it lacked point of view in, in its storytelling. And its style to me was like a, again, like I used this idea before talking about other things like music and stuff, but it felt like a photocopy of a photocopy where like, I know what they're trying to do. And I know that every time there's a slow pan, it's because they're trying to tell me something. And I think what they were trying to tell me is that they were trying to tell me something. Not like, Uh, I don't hmm. I get like I get it for the most and I don't want to stick on the slow pants because that's not my only point with them was they took up the majority of the time where you could have had either more diving into this really interesting lifestyle that to me was the major draw of this movie or a little bit more of like what is Fern Zark here what is she struggling with and you don't need to come out and say it, but like show it to us because in the end, this movie just feels really sad and unexplored. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel human to me in a way that like gets, gets us towards understanding. I do feel like I, I would, I would rewatch this. And because I think there is a lot about her story that's given to us in unexpected ways that that requires the audience to pay close attention and put pieces together, right? Of like what her sister says and what yeah. the pictures say and what she tells us about her husband and and all of that starts building like the the story of who she is. But I would agree with you that there were moments in the film where I thought like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know she was wrestling with that decision. Right? All, so like the, you know, that she keeps that, coming back to Amazon. Yes. I thought, so we see her at the beginning, load up the van, right? And say goodbye. Yeah. We get the, we get the information at the beginning that empire is basically no more, yes. no more a town. Right. So we, we get that visual that she's leaving. Um, the fact that Amazon was a reoccurring job for her was confusing for me because I, because you you don't get a sense of how far Amazon is from where she lives. And and so in the story that she tells about her time in Empire, 
she talks about her husband dying and then staying on as a substitute teacher, uh, working at the office, right? Like well, she talked, it had to, it had to be resources. close though, because remember when she's working in Amazon, she's in whatever that sporting goods store is where she's napping and then yeah, she, runs she runs into her former yes. neighbors. Well, but, and- so, but at that point, I'm sorry, I didn't, I did not get that it was close at the beginning. I didn't get that they were her neighbors because the the dog. It was almost like she was. The, I don't know. That interaction made it seem like she had planned to meet them. I thought that it was. I honestly thought that this was that her niece. I thought no. that she had driven far away, had organized to like meet somebody at this place because it didn't seem unexpected when they saw each other. It seemed like. Because they oh, were in the same town. Preordained. Well, okay. Probably. But yeah. it's but like I, what, I, her I sitting in that point, chair, though. like I thought she yeah. was waiting to meet them. Anyway. Well, I think part of the, like the thing with her films, and again, like her, her other two films are both awesome. Uh, one is um, Songs My Brother Taught Me, and the other is The Rider. And, and she has a style, right? She, both of those took place um, in South Dakota on the Lakota Pine Ridge Reservation, and they're about Native Americans. So what she does is she goes and meets real people, and then she writes a script based on the stories these people have been telling her. Now, this this film was a little bit, again, I want to say more structured than the other one, because this was actually based on a nonfiction book about people like Fern. And then what she's always done is cast non-actors in roles. But in this case, obviously, she and Frances McDormand worked. And then David Strathan actually lives in the same town as um, Joel Cohen, who is Frances McDormand's husband. Mm -hmm. And they invited him and his wife over for dinner with Chloe and her partner, who is the cinematographer, uh, Joshua James um, Richards. And they said, well, why don't you be in this too? Because they knew as they were talking about, they were going to need more professionals, but everybody else is people who have lived this lifestyle. And it blurs that line. I think at times of what kind of performances you're going to be able to get out of people because they're not professional actors. I wish I hadn't known that. that. I wish I hadn't known that going in. I'm sorry that they weren't. Yeah. Because professional actors. Yeah. Because the moment they started talking, I knew they were nervous to be in front of them. No, no, I could tell like it was it was like they had a they had a specific story they were supposed to cover on camera at that moment. And I could feel it. And I wonder if if I would have felt the same way if I didn't know that. That's interesting, because I thought I didn't think they were acting right. Like I thought they were telling the story, Hmm. but they were clearly coached on what story they should be telling in that well, moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And so like, it's not naturally occurring and coming out of them. Mm. Yeah. I, and, and like, I just, it just, and I guess it's not a problem to know that, but then it, it's a little bit meta of like, okay, they're not actors, but she's playing a character and they're, they're, um, yeah, I don't know that that part that that that's weird to know that going in. No, you're right. That broke the glass a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Starting the starting the film, and then I couldn't. And and the other place where it really hurt is that I started to get more focused on Francis McDormand, the actor's relationship with these people, rather than Fern. Right. So like while she's chumming around in these like trailer parks and stuff. Mm hanging out with these people, being funny, being goofy, 
like making quote unquote making friends. I'm thinking about, oh my God, this is like a real like Oscar nominated actress hanging out with these people who are not actors and act like but is that on them the the filmmaker or is that on you like it, again i think no, you're it's right a, though if you had no not known that it, how different does that make that for you um do you it, think that would have been better well the fact that they like broadcast it and well, and consider it a cool part of what the, what she does that's not on me right like i <laughs> it seems to be a celebrated way that she does these things and that's fine if that's if that's what you but I do think there is something about that like I couldn't shake that feeling of like oh my like they're having fun like this actress is having do fun you with think these that, people. So do you think it would have been different if it wasn't such a like if it wasn't Francis McDormand? Like do you maybe, think if they had uh, maybe yeah found somebody not as well I don't known? know which I, they usually what she had usually done yeah, yeah maybe to be honest but then with you. but then I mean this is her first movie that it feels like people are talking about mm -hmm. so well the you people know, so talked the, about the rider but it, agreed Katie this is the first one that and I mean how much that of that people, has to do with Francis McDormand <laughs> of course and I <laughs> right? think, but I, so, here's the other question can this film be like the other two films God bless them were carried by non-professional actors, but they were not as dialogue heavy. There was a lot of yeah. narration. There was even more panic. It was even I more mean, Malick esque. Francis McDormand is this movie. I, I yes. like. I and don't think. I would say I, what's his. David, I don't think this movie. David Strahan is great in it as well. I think but he's, he's not, way I mean, too. He's just minor. He's not. There's nothing. But he's not. But he's not Francis. It's I'm her. Not a it's good her. This it's is her, her movie. But he sticks right? out in this movie. Because, I think. Oh, really? In his role and like his the way he carries himself. Just and everything. because he doesn't seem like the other. No, folks? he he feels he, like feels he feels like, like Johnny Rose is like all <laughs> but, of us. But I feel like Jim, he was kind of maybe that's who he was maybe. supposed to be though, right? But he, he like, still had hair product or something because he. Well, yeah, but he I looked feel good. Like he was, <laughs> he, but he still was, looked good. Yeah, but I his, feel like he his was a skin little bit was more, not as uh, sun aged. Yeah, but I feel like he was a little bit more. I don't want to say vain, and that yeah. was why he was able to transition back into a more normal lifestyle. Sure. Whereas the other people, well, that wasn't even on the radar. I do, really. do want to get into that because I think that's part of the core of this movie that goes completely unexamined to any depth, which is disappointing. And I think that's my main problem with this movie is like, if you're examining this lifestyle, the way it should, to me, I, I found that the most compelling part of this movie was like when it started and things started to happen and she went and she met that guy out in the desert and he was teaching them and there were, it seemed to be like this little seminar and how to live this way. You get a little insight to like, you know, the taught methods. And then you see a little bit of here and there of like how it can be hard. People knocking on the door in opportune times, the shit in a bucket, blah, blah, blah. I think it should have quickly transitioned to like what keeps these people on the road rather than like reconnecting with society. And I don't, I think they, they kind of just let that meander off with the two fake characters or with the, with the written characters that they could have like, they've could have explored that idea a little bit. I So you just made me think of, um, into the wild. Yes. 
That, I kept thinking of this yeah. movie. That. <laughs> Which I, I would be interested to, to re-watch that now. Um, because I think the way that they, in Into the Wild, the way they conveyed what the day-to-day was like for him in regards to his joys and his sorrows, um, I, I, I had a hard time following why Francis McDormand, why Fern would choose the nomad lifestyle at the end because it seemed like she was so connected to people. And that like we kept getting these shots of like when the people would leave, there was an emptiness that there like that. And she would and she would go and she would see all the things. Right. So Swanky would talk about traveling the country and like the amazing things that you can see. And so we would see her do it. We would see her, you know, go float in the water and go look at the mountains and all of the. We'd see that. But it always seemed like she came most alive when she was with other humans. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, that was just interesting to me that I agree. She would that, choose the solitary life. And to me, the narrative is a little confusing there, and it's like the point of view is confusing. So, like, in the end, are we supposed to believe that Fern? Like, the only outcome that I kept coming back to is that these people are so depressed and sad of like not being able to find their place with other people that they'd rather be alone or, you know, at least the ones we, cause they didn't seem prideful. Like that was the other part. Well, And, and you, I think there's a little bit of fern that maybe is prideful, but not, you didn't see that in swanky or in Linda, Linda, uh, might be Linda. Linda May. So, so one of the things that we were discussing, so Linda speaks specifically about the, the monetary aspect of this, right? <sighs> Where she got, you know, after working for decades, she got her social security benefit, uh, report and it was going to be $550 a month. And there was no way that she could live anywhere f- for that amount of money. Right. Mm. Um, and so that piece made sense to me like that. This is, there is a necessary piece of this lifestyle that is an alternative to homelessness, right? That, that yeah. there, there is no place for this population of, you know, folks who have reached an age where they can't really work a, you know, 40 hour job in the same place, make enough money to make ends meet retire and cover things you know like uh, so things that, that a lot of people in our sphere of the world take for granted absolutely and to, and to me that was a story that i was not i i just it it absolutely illuminated a blind spot for me of of something that i i really hadn't considered that there are people that just live on the road because it is the cheapest way for them to live that made sense well but one of the things we talked about was we see fern Working, working. she goes off. she goes and has the conversation at unemployment right that she and, needs to work right yeah, she's and, like i have and, to work I and the woman's work. like there's no jobs we always see her working she is always no, I working think they, i think they meant no like steady like all her oh, jobs no, no, she's are not, like transient right 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 but type jobs right yeah but it's, but so in that moment was she looking to settle down in that town? I forget well, yes, what town she was she in wanted. at that place. She wanted at that point. That's where she Amazon was just done, and she wanted to stay. Yes, which yes, yes. Was right outside of what have been Empire, right? And the, yeah. and the society that yep. Yep. she knew, and that, and they, she's like, there is nothing for yeah, someone she of have, your age. She should have called Roland shit. 
And oh, he should have helped her get he some of that unemployment. I know. But what so if then, Fern moved to Shit's Creek? That would be funny. That would have been But so then amazing. we get to the end, and she. so we see her in that moment, you know, of wanting to stay. We see her revisit her house, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, there were like three times in this movie where I thought she was going to kill herself. That was one of them. Um, she walks through the empty house. It's a very sad, to me, that's a, that is a like heartbreaking scene when she comes back to the town can basically just like walk into her old house. Like mm. clearly there is, it's a ghost town, yeah. right? Like, and, and that, that whole notion is to me, there, there is such a like desperate sadness to that. Yeah. Um, and so there, so there was this, this like comparison there of like, she has the conversation with Santa in the desert and Santa says to her, you know, you can take all of that with you, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to stay rooted to that place. You you know, like everybody's going to be waiting for you at the other end. And so you, you can kind of like walk away from it. Um, but I really expected her. I think this is where I was just surprised. I thought that one of her two people were going to be like new home to her. Well, I was surprised that she chose to but just I think like that's carry a on. I think that's a problem with the characterization here because we don't know why like and if it's just a snapshot in this woman's life and we Which don't is what I think that was yeah it is but but we also should see at least some arc and we don't we see her leave home and then decide that she wants to stay on the road like but you don't see the like to me the arc and uh, to be fair I have to admit it was only on the second viewing that I started to come to slightly more terms with what she was doing with the setup from the beginning to the end in terms of the storage unit that she was keep, she had clearly been yeah. traveling the country for quite a while, but keeping that storage a year. Unit. Uh -huh. No, it had been longer than that. She had been traveling prior to that gym and that you but were they seeing use that Amazon as the track. The year, right, right, but right, I'm right, saying, right. but she they had been traveling before that, but she had been keeping this storage unit with all her stuff. So we pick up with her, coming back to Amazon again, which is the holidays. Yes. And she's taking only one or two items out of that storage unit, which is connecting her still to empire yeah. and that life. But at the end of the film, if you oh, remember I did not and get that. at the end yeah. of the film, she's like, take everything. And she had never gone back to her house prior to this time. I didn't and it get was that. this eye that idea that she was coming back and she walked out that door and all those things that she saw she finally did that. And the idea of the last scene was her getting in that van and driving off. And it was like she was going to find what her swankies birds flying over her head were hmm. because everything still she had been living this life where she was on the road, but everything was still tied to Empire. Yeah. She still had the storage unit. She hadn't given up any of these things because to me, the first time I have to admit the first time I watched it, I question them like, is she going to see David Strathan and she going to go be with him now? And it didn't connect uh, to me because I wasn't no, thinking I of think this, that. I, uh, this idea that like she was then she had finally closed the book on that portion of her life by saying, take everything else. If you notice that sequence at the end, no, I got that. that. Other guy, but she but was finally me, saying was she was going to go I thought it was the beginning that was unclear. So I didn't get the impression that she had been on the road but the, prior but, to, I thought she had just filled the storage no, unit but I, and no, the money. But, <laughs> I thought she was buying the van. 
No, you see, and Katie, I think that's Because then she talks about the guy who had the van before and how she changed the arrangement. But she she made so much changes to the van. And that's where it's unclear. But you see her working on it. And so I thought that that was, well, see, I thought that that was all new. I thought that that was her taking a van that somebody else had already set up to be a you know, a residential Which is man. Which yeah, criticism of and it. Then I mean, making it her own. the second viewing of it, yeah. I think that is, you know, there's something to critiquing that, to that missing that in the first viewing of yeah, it. Yeah, because that, again, that's where I was confused about the, like, multiple, like, working at Amazon again. Yeah. That I just, reference, the, I didn't that get like that she had already been on the doing. On the problem the for me is that, like, it, with her story is that we don't get a good, like, we get her... The arc of her, I will say, yes, Brian, you're right. The arc of her making the decision to stay on the road exists. But the reasons don't exist very well. Like the, Except that she's ready to cut the ties. Well, so, but why? Uh, I thought One it, single I thought, conversation? I mean, I, I thought was, that that was just yeah, symbolic it, it, it of the just, conversation that was already happening it, in her head. I, just, I, think that, I get that, but I, I just struggle with the idea of like, Everything in this movie is so reserved as far as like emotional stuff. It just, I, I just wanted it to be a little bit like show us more of Fern. Like, what is she? What is she really struggling with? If it's if she's struggling, because like up until the end, there is zero indication that she's struggling with leaving Empire. Oh, see, I, again, this is where my, like, watching of a lot of these type of films, I don't think this is, a like, I enjoy this type of film, but I don't necessarily know if this style of film, like, the, the equation I make to it, it's like, instead of a novel, it's more like poetry. But dude, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't. I'm just saying, like, they don't, the problem is they don't develop certain aspects the way that regular films do, or maybe are even necessary. But that's not that's true in pro- this case, because I, they developed the idea of like they literally let us watch parts of a seminar on like how to sh- how to shit in a bucket, and agreed. so like they pick weird things, and that's part of it. Like they, from an editorial perspective with this style and other people do it as well. I'm always interested in what they do because they shoot all this stuff. And I'm always interested why they pick sequences because they do these real practical sequences, right? Which is almost documentary. Like, like at at points we feel like we're watching, watching a documentary on how to be a nomad. Right. Yeah. And then the other side of it is then you go to these things where they expect landscape imagery to tell a story that is filling in aspects of it. And like that, the balance of those two things is, it can be troubling, I think at points, right? Cause they're expecting like yeah. Fern being naked in this stream to tell a story with no dialogue. Well, that or- does, but I, so the piece I can't, I can't. And I, and we, God knows we, uh, that Katie misses details. But whether this is a new lifestyle to her or something that she has been doing for a few years to me feels vitally important. And I 
And I have to say, I don't think that that was clear because it seems like no, is it, this like was she's relatively it on new. For size, she's been doing it for a couple years, but it's, not. I don't think so. I don't dude. think that that's clear. Where do you I think get that you're idea? supposed to get this Where, notion that, that like this, she's well, experiencing see, all these things for the first time. Few, no, there's a few things like that. She's made all these additions to the van. That they she they said, are you still doing the Amazon thing? There's a few things. I don't think it's supposed to be long. But that's but it's where. Also so if that, the Amazon warehouse was that's close, close to, to home. Empire, that didn't necessarily. Yeah, they basically said you were living. You were living van. Well, no, but my it doesn't. It could be a yes end because I think from those conversations, it made me think that she had been living in the van near empire for for a while which could have been true i i don't mm. think she was an expert of this lifestyle and i think and again I right think, i like, think you was, you pick it up with her as she starts to ramp up her involvement, involvement in the lifestyle. In, in an because understanding world. linda introduces her because to the that's group. where it makes sense to, to tell the story and, yes. and and everywhere she goes is because linda is there and that all feels brand new right, right? like right, that she right. well and that's, she's yes, learning the fact that yeah. she was traveling more yeah this was not something that she'd been doing for five years but i think it's something she'd probably been doing for more than six months if that makes sense because you know i don't looked, i don't think that's clear I I I think the impression is that she is beginning the nomadic lifestyle at the beginning of the film. Yeah, because and we, that the whole film is her decision of whether this is the thing for well, her. Well, when when she tells when she talks to the mechanics about the modifications that she's made to the van, she's been on the road for almost a year. So like we don't I mean using that as the point of saying like she's been on the road longer than the start of the film. I mean, we know that she's been sleeping in the van longer than that because. Well, we just they know that say Empire that. closed as well from when Empire closed and shut down is years prior to. It's like, yeah, her. what, three years like, or something? Four years, I think. Those shots at the end going through the factory. Yeah. I, like I, there, I mean, there, this, it is a beautiful movie and I do, I, it's very different than Hell or High Water. I hear you. But there are there are breathtaking I use, moments. I only use that as as well the landscape. I, I agree. The, yeah, the landscape but, shots I agree. And so like that's that's what I struggle with with this is like I I like so much of this, but it doesn't succeed for me in telling a story or even making me feel a certain way like a Kubrick movie would that that is compelling and unique to the nomad lifestyle that's that's like my I don't know I, I would say this about her work and songs my brother taught me I don't think was quite as good as the writer but I also think about it in terms of some of the Malick films as well, it always invokes an emotion in me, like as I watch them. And there, there's like critiques I have of all those films and her other films as well, in terms of like how well developed the characters are, things like that, and how much I even like it at the end of it. Um, I like sometimes I struggle with some of his films and even her first two movies, but I always feel something. You know, I'm always like 
that took me to an emotional place that's different than other films that like, let's say Mank, for example, which I can look at. I'm like, technically, this is a, a beautiful film, but it, there, there's almost a coldness to it. Like I can appreciate some of the performances, the way it looks, the fact that the storylines are better fleshed out, but it doesn't drive me emotionally in ways yeah. uh, that something like this does. Because I think of like that end sequence when she's walking through that like broken down town and when you're thinking about like her talking about her her husband who died and this idea that he had nobody right so that if she went on and lived her life and in her mind she didn't protect that image of him yeah that he would be gone well, just like the thought of that. And, and that doesn't make up for a whole film of other areas where maybe that's not fleshed out enough. But like that idea that there would be a person who would, in some essence, subjugate their life and moving on for their life because they felt compelled to be connected to this this town that they had put so much of their life into. Right, and I but, think there's an American point of that, right? Like that all of us, they're commenting on, like we put so much of our time into our jobs or dollar. our places. And then it but just, isn't that all bull? Is, I mean, isn't, and I don't want to say the director or the writer is doing this intentionally, but isn't some of that, she kind of shining a bullshit light on here and maybe, saying like, I, I think she's, these I, are I broken do, people who can't find and maybe that's it, right? What maybe they're looking saying, for. Maybe, maybe that's her commentary on like because Fern should have been able yeah. to move on because she's attacked. But that people actually do that. No like, one, struggling. no one's going to look at this movie and say like her life is going to be better on the road than staying with with David's family. No, like her life with David's family would be incredibly more rich. You, don't than you going scream? Oh, what don't she's you done. almost scream at it? Be like, yeah, but why would you leave? And when you listen to when you listen to the guy in the in the in the desert spouting off about the dollar and things like that, none of them entered that lifestyle because of that. Well, I guess I guess I should say that because Linda basically says she has. She had. No, I, think but, I think a lot of them. No, no, but but answer because of that. But I think here's the thing I will say: when they really movie. get down the brass tacks, what the reason that most of them are are doing what they're doing is because they felt isolated and left alone. And to me, that's like the the heartbreaking parts of this movie are that like she's been offered connection in like yeah. eight thousand different ways yeah. and won't take any of it. Well, and yeah. then even she goes back to the town and. People it's are falling down. Their opportunities. Right. It's falling down. It looks awful. If I saw that town on its best day, it would be a sadness to a level that like I would register. You know what but I mean? Like, yes, no, he, I, I agree. So like, I don't know that the, and, and maybe this is just what, what she wants us to do is think about all these different options. But I do think at some point, if you're not telling a documentary story, you put on your pants and you and you you follow through on your point of view and what it's going to be at the end of the movie. Instead Maybe. of like just being like you feel however you want to feel because I don't think she told in those cases I think you need to tell the entire story. 
right? And examine a ton of different ideas and say, I think those are all the important ideas for you to make up your mind about this situation. That's interesting. I mean, I, I can see the perspective of not wanting to steer the ship too much, especially if you're starting from a place of, of a nonfiction novel a a portrayal of a community right where i i don't know what the book follows but i'm assuming that the screenwriter wrote fern story and that the book is just describing the the lifestyle right and this group of people Fern, Um, fern is an original creation for francis mcdormand actually like aspects of francis mcdormand's life that she wanted to explore rolled into a nomadic experience like her sister is her best friend in real life it's francis mcdormand's best friend because chloe Zhao said well who could play this person she's like i have this best friend who's an actress who could explore some of these ideas with me so i i think you i think that there is no one answer right and and i think that that's part of it that that there's there are a lot of different things that lead people to this solitary living that becomes its own community and you see these interesting people like her interaction with the with the kids do you ever feel like it's a community yeah i do in a way that like and yeah in their gatherings yes in their own world and when santa says you know i I say i'll see these people days out of the entire year or whatever i I know but 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 again that pacing piece right where it's like there are parts of their life that feel forever, right? Where they're on the road by themselves in the van, like those, even the scenes of her sleep. I did, I did, I, I wanted more. I wanted more. When the woman comes out from the gas station and mm-hmm. is concerned about mm-hmm. her and how cold it gets. And this yes. again was an into the wild moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was like, you don't get it. You don't see it. There's no, it's like it, she goes to sleep. And then well, the next day she's someplace else. And that's the really interesting and thing. So like, what's the, the point of that moment? Of these movies, I think just to, like, just to raise one of the concerns. Yeah, I see like, I don't think you need to see that it. kind of stuff, but like, I mean, we see her literally shit in a bucket. So like, yeah, yeah but like you never, the so the, you know, to me, the other thing I, I was always anticipating yeah. the violence, right? Like that she's that was, very vulnerable, right? The, yes. uh, th- it's a population of older women yeah. on their own, very vulnerable, right? And and so this is the part that like this is where you get into that like emotional part of it because th- so many of them like do you actually believe that Fern and Linda wouldn't be happier traveling together? Like, yeah, no. What's going on? No, well, I want them. They're yeah. challenging, there, right? and that's I mean, there's and that's what I yeah exactly exactly and, and I, that is, that's why I, I think it's not. It's not about the money. The money becomes an excuse. Well, for some, it's about the money, but for others, I would agree. I think it is. There is. But no, no, no. Because even for Linda, like she, even if it was about the money, the two of them would do better together. Yeah, but then we find out she has a plot of land. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah. Native American. That ties into the whole thing. Which, but she could pl- she could park her van on her plot of land yeah. and have. But they don't. Which is a whole thing that maybe like exploring that is more. I will say this: the end when she goes through that town. I've experienced like where I grew up at. Like I lived on a, a boarding school, and we all got to live there with houses. Yeah, and they were in great houses. Like 
amazing childhood memories. And then I want to say five or six years ago, I went back and they had been since then all abandoned. And I remember like it was just me driving because I didn't take anybody else. I was like, I'm going to go and then I'll bring Aileen and show them. And it was like the grass was high and nobody. And it was like, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like that sequence to like see that the idea that you had all these amazing memories and all this thing that people had put all this time and all this effort into, and then it's just abandoned and it, or like not viewed as important enough for the financial gain of this place anymore. Yeah. So it was going to be pushed aside. And I get, I get that. Like they hit on just things well, and that, and that's part of her style in her other movies as well. And that's a fair critique. Again, she like, it's like almost just like poking at things and it's just like, take what you want out of this. And if that's a critique of like not having a fully formed film in terms of how they shoot it and stuff, I think it's a fair critique. It works for me, but I understand it not working yeah. for everybody. Yeah, that's fair. I just, the choice to develop her husband's love for the town over hers is interesting. But I thought that that was interesting, too, that made me wonder why. And I, and I do think they did a fairly the first time I had less prob, more problems than the second time. And I thought that that discussion and like discussion of the fact that like the sister saying, like, you abandon us, basically, yeah. for his desires, like gave me some insight to maybe why somebody would be in this world. Like there's something off there with her that if you're going to get like the sisters, like you can sleep in this amazing bedroom. David Strathan's like, you can, there's something off here where she hasn't found for whatever reason, what her world is, because you're right. Who would choose to sleep in a van? Remember that sequence we're talking about? Like, they're like, it's dangerous. You know, the it's woman just, says to her, it, it's going to be minus like 20 like degrees. There's here. an important piece of the story that's not being told. And I, I hear what you're saying about the storytelling um, and in, in literature, you know, I you referenced Grapes of Wrath in the notes, you know, yeah. Grapes of Wrath is is one overall story arc with vignettes interspersed between. So, you know, you'll have a chapter that's just about the desolation of the town and, and yeah. the weeds growing through. The, mm -hmm. And and there are no characters. And it's the only thing that you see is maybe a, an insect. Right. Or there's a story about a turtle and, you know, and this is all interspersed between the story of the Jodes. Um, but when you take a step back, you can piece together, you know, the most important things, the most important messages. Um, we could say the same thing for Sandra Cisneros house on, on Mango Street told in a series of vignettes. They are nonlinear. You know, you get just a story about hair. You get a story about hips. You just right. But at the end of the day, you step back and you're like, oh, wow, Like th there is like what an interconnected story. I felt like we missed one of the pieces of 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 this that I, like I there that there was something of her story that for some reason is on the cutting room floor. And I wanted it, well, which it could be. As an <laughs> I wanted. Listen, what happened with her family? Film, it could have been. Why did she just like run yeah. off and, you know, end up with this guy that she only knew for a few and went to this whole new place? I want I want we get the pictures. You get her looking at the yeah. pictures, which is and like we get these me. moments where she's talking to Santa. 
that is yeah. a great opportunity for revelation, right? For like, yeah. here's what here's what I need to tell you. And maybe they're less <laughs> concerned with that. Um, you, available to watch on Hulu, which is awesome. Yeah. Again, it's just this yeah. example. Like they're getting all these movies now that we can. I don't know in 2022 if we'll be doing as many uh, Oscar movies because we'll have to go to the theaters definitely to watch it. Yeah, definitely I worth watching. I would be interested if you guys saw it again. Yeah, I would watch opinion, this again. If your opinion, the nice thing is it, it is a quick watch. Yeah. It's like as an independent film. And I will say this, this intrigues me because Jim has talked about this with superhero movies and like MCU and like, yeah. she's directing the Eternals. She directed the Eternals already. Interesting. So Marvel hired her. This is like a way out there hire for a tentpole yeah. Uh, well, they hired movie. they hired uh, Ica. So I like know. after. So, yeah, which is might be the best. And he did MCU the best. Yeah, and probably is the most rewatchable MCU. So movie. I'll you be interested. I'm intrigued. To oh, yeah. See no, what she I does. just I can't wait to do a Taika movie. Yeah. I'm yes. Well, we're doing I'm one fan soon, so don't worry. Big time. Yeah. Uh, OK, here we go. King of the Hill or bottom of the barrel. Well, can we yet again eliminate that this film is not worse than Chris Monero's The Rookie? Absolutely. By the way, Chris Monero, awful film choice, baseball team, still undefeated. Hey, all nice right. So He's a better he coach than he is he a cinephile. Film. Um, <laughs> uh, Katie and Jim are, are not putting this above Judas no, and the Black No, you know Messiah, how I assume. feel about Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I think I, it still hasn't beat it for me. We'll talk about this probably in our game of the week, but yeah. The, no, not, not okay. above that. I would put this above, but it's the closest of the Oscar ones. Yeah. I think that we've done so far. Uh, all right. So Judas and the Black Messiah continues as our King of the Hill and the rookie until we watch. God I don't even know what, what we could watch. Don't Ski even Patrol know what we could watch. Worse than Ooh, okay. well, Ski Patrol was excellent. I would watch Ski Patrol before it. Probably okay. we'll get back to that later, though. <laughs> the All rookie right. is not enjoyable on any level. No, no Ski no, Patrol is fun. enjoyable on a couple of levels. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But bonus this week, instead of five questions, we are playing a return to old school com majors game of the week. No, we haven't heard this in a long time. It is, it's a little, we should just a little wiggle in, in my sometime. shoulders. Yeah, this is uh, like an exciting song. All right, this week we're doing Com Majors Oscars. Uh, so we have actually now watched four, half. This is kind of ridiculous because there used to be five Best Picture nominees, so we would have been amazing mm. in that respect. And now there are eight. So mm. we've watched half of the Best Picture nominees Um this year, uh, but we've also each seen some other movies that feature other nominees mm-hmm. in different categories. So we thought we would do our commagers Oscars based upon the Oscar nominations, best picture, best actor, best actress, best director. Uh, let's start with best picture. If we had to pick right now and the Oscars will be given uh, probably right before this episode is released. What is everybody picking as their best picture mm. with a knowledge that we have not seen all films? Are we trying to I, guess what, what they're going to no, 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 I do. I want to say this. I, there's only one exception. I do think that we've seen all the true contenders. Well, in these we categories. probably need to see Minari, right? Yes. That yeah. is the one that is a blind spot, but yep. the other ones, I think all the other ones we have okay. seen the front runners. So what would everybody pick? I mean, no surprise here. My, my best picture is Judas and the Black Messiah. I, it is the movie to beat for me. Okay. Jim. Uh, I agree. 
Yeah. I do want to see the others, though, because, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I'm going to see. And they're all going to be streaming very soon. So I think yeah. I will see some of the others. I think, as I've said already, I think Nomadland will win. And I think Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Would be my choice. I'm back and forth. I think I just want to be one of those ones where I'm continuously back and forth on both. Uh, all right. How about best actor? Uh, can I start? For me, this Absolutely. is one that we have not done on Commagers, mm -hmm. but it's Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey, yeah. who there's some great performances by actors, including Gary Oldman in Mank, which was really good. Steve, uh, Stephen Yoon in Minari is supposed to be fantastic. I haven't seen it yet, so maybe he is the best. Chadwick Boseman is unbelievable. Like, I feel like Ma Rainey, which is a very heavy movie, which is difficult to watch it because it's so heavy. His performance alone is worth watching the film multiple times. That's how good he's in it. Uh, I agree. I, you know, so I, I still struggle with putting Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield as best supporting. Oh, actors. no, I have I have Lakeith Stanfield as the best actor. Well, that's I, so I just need to acknowledge that according to the yeah, Academy, I know they're not. Well, in they are category. best supporting you, you, actors. But you can't blame the Academy because it's the film studios that actually pick the categories. Oh, interesting. So they picked that. I okay. think because my guess is probably because they didn't want anyone to go Chad against Chadwick Who's oh, going to win? So, because they so, want the film, they so want. So that's probably so want to. I mean, I, I'll take a less pessimistic view and say, like, maybe they want to give Chadwick the best possible chance. But it's yeah, also no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. If, no that's but what I it's thought. also if somebody wins, you can forever like publicize the film as Academy sure. Award winning right. film. So if I were holding, you know, it's hard to hold Chadwick up against those performances. I think I would lean towards Daniel Kaluuya taking the Oscar for best Who's actor. Um, but he's not nominated for this category. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so yes, yeah, so, Ch so Chadwick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got to go. Well, I mean, as much as I had issues with the movie, th that dinner scene in Mank is going to is all it's an all time scene. Yeah. It's really incredible. So but when I think about Chad think about Ma Rainey, there are like two or three of those in that movie. Mm -hmm. I think so, for Gary Oldman yeah. to whip an Oscar already. Yeah. For, that it shouldn't do that, but in my mind I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. is that your best performance? Yep. Which again shouldn't be the classification, it should just be best performance mm -hmm. for that year. But once you win an Oscar, you do start measuring people like, is that sure. the best Gary Oldman? Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It is. But, it is the best. But Chadwick Boseman, yeah, I don't want to give right. anything away about that movie, but there's an end sequence in Ma Rainey that is just. Yeah, a master class. We've got to, We've got to do that acting. for the podcast. All yeah. right. How about uh, best actress? Who does everybody want for this is a tough cat. We've had there's been let me see the nominees. So right. it's basically between Francis, Carrie Mulligan and Viola Davis. Yes. Right. Like out of the ones I, that we've seen. I, oh, I'm sorry. And Amanda Seyfried. She's yeah, also she's, supporting best support. Oh, I'm so, sorry. OK. Yeah. Which, and I think she'll win that best support. Yeah. She'll win. So act, Ma Rainey is not. Is not a lead. 
like that that character to me is not a lead in that movie but i guess it is you know again how do you she's not in yeah. the movie long enough right. to, to I don't me think warrant she's a best as good actress. as she was in fences that's the i agree other thing. i, I agree. Yeah. performance in fences is better but, than this one so i for me it's uh, it's got to be I'm really torn, you know, cause I mean, when you talk about, for me, when you talk about promising young woman, you're, she's being asked to do a lot more than Frances McDermott. Cause oh, there's interesting. a, there's a level of comedy to her See, performance. I was thinking about how the direction played more of a role in the storytelling and promising one young woman than the acting. Um, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. I, I yeah. thought about th that Frances McDormand is sort of raw on film through Nomadland for 95% yeah. of the film. And, and there are yeah, but 95% so of the time she's just sitting there. Well, yeah, so like but there's that, to something me, to be said for that, for the way that she, like, I don't know she, well, yes. And looks like a real person. Yes. Like, I get, I get. <laughs> I, that is acting. I mean, yeah. I get it. I just, to me, that's like the bait though. That's like the Oscar bait that people fall for. And that's why well, movies end up see, not people. Nope. People will also totally disagree with you and say, Oh, the, you know, the, the bigger leap you make the actor take, you know, if they have to portray somebody completely unlike them, then the more likely they are to get an Oscar. And sometimes I think it is harder to portray just raw human I'm not emotion. saying that. No, I don't think she portrayed raw human emotion for 95% of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Right. Most oh. of her was just like Okay, so existing. who do you want? <laughs> so so pick, who does make everybody your choice. want? Make your I choice. guess I don't know. <laughs> Alright, I'm taking Frances McDormand. Okay, yeah. Jim. We'll take Carrie uh, Mulligan yeah. so they can yeah. get into a fight Discru after the episode stops their course. Disgruntled Carrie Mulligan. I will take a tie between both and say I hate Film critics, because I forgot to bring this point up last week when the promising young woman, both Frances McDormand and Carrie Mulligan got unbelievably sexist, ridiculous um, reviews of their film in promising young woman. They said that Carrie Mulligan wasn't believable and it should have been Margot Robbie because then people would have hit on a really drunk woman in a bar. And then with Frances McDormand, I think it was Vanity Fair that said, um, her face had as many craters as a natural Stop. a national park in this Stop film it. because how they would. So no. that so both of them deserve awards just for having to deal with Dear shit Lord. like that. Yeah. Uh, but I do. Th but I actually people. I'm split on the two of your opinions because I think Carrie Mulligan, her ability to portray so many different things in Promising Young Women was amazing. But Frances McDormand in terms of what's asked, like she was living in that van. This was a crew of 23 people. She actually had to like live that life. So I think there's a balance between the two. I might be leaning more towards Carrie Mulligan though, because again, do I think this is Francis McDormand's best performance? No, that's Fargo. Um, but she's awesome in this. Finally, best director. Who does everybody have for best director? So we don't go crazy long. So I would go Promising Young Woman for Best Director, acknowledging the flaws that, that I thought were there. I can also see how it has a really unique perspective, um, effect. Like, I, I, I think it 
I think it's something I haven't seen before. Um, you, Truly original. I would agree. My, my gut is I director. still want to go with Judas and the Black Messiah. But I also feel like I need to acknowledge he's that there nominated. is... He's not. He's not nominated. Not nominated. So you can't. <laughs> I know. You can't so I'm going to challenge which the Academy, which is, and I'm going to say, crazy, of these yeah. the fact that the fact that Fincher's nominated for Mank and he, and I don't know, whatever. Well, I, there's a few people in there I that I question. I Mank. I think I can say this. I think maybe we can all say this. Mank is true Oscar bait. To me, Mank is like we've talked about that in this. That is an Oscar bait movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like for all the flaws of Promising Young Woman, yeah. this film, and there's flaws in Judas and the Black Messiah, they are all more original pieces of cinema that I think in 10 years, all three of these will be films I will go and see again before I will watch. Mank. And, and that's I, no hit on Mank, which I thought was still a good film. And there's like really interesting. But to me, all three of those other films were something more unique and special and, and different. More important. I, I'm just I'm I'm always going to place a piece of art that tells an important story over a piece of art that's just looking to show off what it can do. And, and I still liked Mank, by the way. I think we should be fair. Like, I still think Mank was a, a, like in a regular year. I think Mank is a good movie. It's I just a good think movie. That, yeah. And even an Oscar nominated worthy movie. But I think in a movie that has in a year that has developed finally more different voices and opinion, we're not even throwing Minari in there. Doesn't match up in some years. Mank would be better than stuff that is won awards. Yeah, ultimately, I think. All right, so so Katie, you have promising young woman. Yep. Uh, Jim, who do you have for best? Yeah, friend? Emerald. Emerald. Fennell. I. Yeah, I. I, I'm biased. I think Emerald. I love promising young woman, but I love Chloe Zhao. Um, just her movies. So I want her to win because again, by the way, if either of them win, it's awesome because I think both are the two. And then and once Judas and the black Messiah was knocked out of the running, I think that either of those two should win above all. And that's our game of the week. It was fun to go back to game of the week. We'll have to go back again <laughs> sometime soon. Does anybody have any amazing recommendations? Oh that my god! need to be involved in. I started listening. You know, me and recommending podcasts other than other than ours. Um, yeah, I started you, listening. Can I just add by the fact that every time you recommend somebody listen to another podcast, <gasps> that does oh not gosh. help us in any. Though, actually, I should say this: if they're listening to your recommendation, they're listening. They're listening to us. To us. Yeah. So that's fine. Go ahead. Listen recommend. to us. And um, if you haven't listened to Mark Marin's WTF interview with Daniel Kaluuya, it is brilliant and speaks even further into who he is as an actor and the work that he did in Judas and the Black Messiah. I, like, I mean, I was already all in, but maybe even more so. Um, but then today I started listening to Smartless, which is Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman, Ooh, and Will Arnett's what? podcast. What? Oh my gosh. I'm listening to the episode where they interview Stephen Colbert and I was that person walking my dog laughing out loud to myself for the entire walk. It is that funny. Yeah. 
please the listen. The more I listen to Jason ba- Bateman talk to other people, oh, I'm he's convinced he's like one of the funniest people alive. It, the, I, everybody needs to listen to this episode. I will defend Teen Wolf too because he's <laughs> shut up. Right there. That basically ended his career for 20 years. It did, but it's not as bad as people think. He had better to wait use, to get back in dodgeball. Better use of send me an angel Pepper. than in red. <laughs> what was his name in dodgeball? Pepper. 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 Um, I don't know, I two, Cotton. I have two recommendations. One, I'm going to uh, start uh, this week and continue on with a criterion recommendation of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my criterion recommendation of the week is Blood Simple, which was Francis McDormand's first film, mm-hmm. uh, Brothers, which also right. was the first ever Coen Brothers movie, which is currently streaming on the Criterion channel. And it is amazing. She's fantastic in it. And my second uh, recommendation is not a film that is good. Uh, it's not a film that is well-written or well-acted um, or any level, but it's called Ski Patrol. <laughs> and I watched it film. as a child What's- and I hadn't found it for ages. And I rewatched <laughs> it because it's on Amazon Prime now. And I rewatched it with my mother and my mother, when they were visiting, almost choked to death laughing. At it's not and on. I, the, have, uh, I, I have a challenge for Jim. My challenge is that if Jim can watch the film in one sitting without stopping and Katie has to be there, I will buy him a bottle of uh, Battle Cry. But you have to sit and you have to watch it. Is it on the Criterion channel? That is not on the Criterion channel, but I am going to do a Criterion channel commentary for the film. (laughs) I am starting a petition. Wait, I am going to when you say not stopping, I can still like use the bathroom and stuff. Yes, but you have we to can, watch we can't it divide one, it between two nights. No, you have to watch it in one sitting. All right, we're going to do this. That, it's we're gonna, for we're any gonna movie, that's a challenge. We're it's only it. 88 minutes. We can do oh, it's, we it's can so do that. Minutes. We can do that. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, Katie did this one time where she did like a real time recording oh, yeah. of her face as she watched. I want the camera on your can I ask one question? We can do this film. Is it Ski Patrol or is it Better Off Dead where they get like at the end they're skiing and they're they're connected by a band or something? No, that's Ski Patrol. You have actually uh-huh. seen this I film have seen it. in, in, in <laughs> yeah. college because I owned a VHS copy of it. I've seen this so you, movie. This is it. actually not going to yeah. be too terrible. All right. Oh, it's going to be worse than you think having watched it. Uh, so that's our challenge. And we'll see by the next episode if you can do that. Uh, remember the like, share, subscribe, review. M- remember that you should be listening to the shit show, mm-hmm. our Shits Creek podcast, which is shooting up the charts. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, shooting it is. up the charts. If you haven't watched, you say Shits shitting Creek, up the charts. <laughs> it is shitting well, up. Well, shitting charts. down <laughs> the charts probably actually. Um, com huh? majors podcast numero dos. We should be like a com majors production. The com the majors show, network. A com majors, com majors present. We're now making the shit show. Other, yeah. If anybody else wants to make a Welcome mediocre podcast, Wolf. we would love to help you. <laughs> shit wolf. Yes. Do you have a? Uh, I'm actually going to do a ski patrol podcast <laughs> one minute, like the Michael Mann Heat podcast. I'm going to do one minute of ski patrol every week. Nice. That's going to be a full episode, just one minute of. Ski All right, friends. All right. This has been fun. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Have a great week. Bye.